0: and space. Everywhere and anywhere, every star that ever was. Where do you want to start?
1: Hello and welcome to All of Time and Space. I'm Mark. And I'm Ian. And we made it, Ian. We finally made it to the end of Season 3. I mean, we I... never thought it would end.
0: I can't believe we've made it. I remember those dim and distant childhood days when the, the sun seemed to blaze for months at a time <laughs> and there was no pressure. Life was free and easy and we, we began Series 3. Um... And, yeah, we've just kind of grown up in the in the shade of it. I mean, the Great Depression didn't go on as long as <laughs> season three. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know, for all that, I really
1: enjoyed it. But, um, yes, it was uh, quite the test of stamina, I think.
0: It really was. I mean, it it's astonishing when you, you look back at the sort of ten stories and you think, well, one of them was you know 12 weeks long so really that's three stories yeah so you know it's it's just ridiculously enormous
1: it really is yeah i feel a bit bad as well because um when we had dave and rob on from the doctor who show dave was talking about how he realizes that um, maybe not everyone enjoys the hartnell years as much as he does and i felt a bit bad because i feel like we've we've generally enjoyed it we are going to pick you know a little bit I suppose that's kind of what we do but um...
0: yeah I mean his his point that it's an outlier in terms of Doctor Who history and that from from sort of Troughton onwards it's very much more of a formulaic show mm. means that the the Hartnell era is this really um, exciting different and occasionally kind of arresting um, yeah. process of, of stories and you know, I wouldn't have watched most of these if if we hadn't been doing this. I don't think, no. and I would have I would have regretted that on my deathbed. Well, let's see how much
1: uh, we really love them, shall we? Shall we? Um, <laughs> shall we head off to the Obverse Book for a, a pint and a, a chat about? We can do.
0: Although, if you were if if you were thinking of trying a different Doctor Who pub, because I know the Obverse oh, yeah. Book is often very full, we yeah. could try um, the Dog and Dalek in Leicester. Or, oh, right, or yeah. the Tap Taproom in Canterbury. So set the coordinates and we'll see which of those we can uh, find a seat in.
1: Alright, well I mean the randomizer's on so it can oh, end up anywhere. No,
0: we'll probably end up in Mike Yates' wine lodge again then.
1: <laughs> as long as it's not a weather so
0: yeah. <laughs> Anyway, right.
1: Let's set the coordinates. Goes nothing. Let's find out where we've arrived. Oh, this looks very familiar. Oh, it's the first book again after all that.
0: Yes, you'd have thought they'd have changed the horse brasses by now. Mm. Mm. Hmm, there's a table over there. That's I'll make a break for it. You can bring me several beers. Oh, okay. okay. I might need a tray. (laughs) Is it uh, your usual? Yeah, I'll have a couple of those and some whiskey chasers. Nice, okay.
1: Money, no object. Absolutely not. I suppose it is the 1970s, so it probably goes a lot further.
0: Yes, that's true, actually. I could buy a house with this lot. (laughs) Anyway, let's get on to the matter in hand. Let's, 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 let's. I can hardly wait. I'm so excited because I... I really hope I've, because I've, I've I've guessed what order I think they're going to fall in, and I'm. Well, this is the fun for me
1: yeah. in doing these because I get to uh, see whether you've worked it out or not. Now I'm reliably informed there are ten stories in season three. It
0: can the the argument can be made if we if we split out Mission to the Unknown um, mm. as a separate story, then I've got ten. Yes. Right, we're on the same hymn sheet there, so that's Excellent. good. Excellent. Good.
1: Now, Yes. In, in any competition, so to speak, there's always going to be a loser. There is always going to be very much a loser. The runt of the litter. The
0: bottom of the pile.
1: Yes, um, and if anyone's listened to our Season 3 episodes, it's not going to come as a massive surprise. Would you like to... Hazard a guess as to which well, story came in 10th place?
0: Well, now let me go out on a limb, stand on the rim of the volcano, do my dance, look at the bones, look at the rain, <laughs> look at the clouds, look at the tea leaves. Um, ah, uh, could it possibly be the Celestial toy maker?
1: Ah, oh, you got it first time. Yes! Unbelievable! <laughs> How did you guess? So... When we covered this one, we had Jeff from the Runciple Report. Mm -hmm. He gave it a five. And we had Sucky from Around the Console. He gave it four. They were rather more generous than we were. Mm. Ian, Mm. you gave this a two. Right. (laughs) This is out of ten for anyone who's not familiar with our...
0: Our scoring System. system. Oh, wow.
1: And I gave it one. So... So it ended up with a grand total of three on the average.
0: <laughs> so when you said I gave it two, I was I was kind of mortified. I was thinking it was it was bad, but that's a really low score. But then if really you if is. you gave it even less, then I'm entirely happy and I stand yeah. by my my decision yeah. because Mark, it was it was rubbish. It was, yeah, painful, wasn't it? It was. I mean, it was. Uh, You know, you can't put your finger on on it doing anything sort of explicitly wrong. It's a children's Mm. show. This was very much four episodes of very child-skewed family drama um, with the kind of tropes and and characters they'd know from childhood games and playground Mm -hmm. games and things like that. It was just so cheaply, leadenly and ploddingly realised and...
1: I think that was the thing that really annoyed me about it was that you had what could have been a really amazing story with all those great ideas that were going into it yeah but it was realized so boringly it's just it was i want you had this you had this being who was you know almost sort of like a god and he's reduced to doing some sort of parlor games it's just awful
0: yeah it was it was incredible i mean the the expression i want to use is half-arsed that might have been mm. an expression I used at the time. I can't remember. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, this this being who can warp matter with his, with, you know, with with so much as a thought, who can mm. render the Doctor invisible. Um, he's got unlimited powers and and yeah, and unlimited rice pudding, but all <laughs> he can do for his day job is, you know, make giant hops, hopscotch games and and. Um, and I can't even remember the games They were so poor There was something. There was a bit with some chairs One of which was electrified or something yeah. Blind man's buff Absolutely I mean it's almost as if at the time of filming The toy maker portrayed by Michael Goff Was kind of I don't know Preoccupied by going home to an Incredibly tall glamorous blonde
1: Hmm Yes mm. Yeah no it was uh, Really hard going it was quite the test.
0: Yes, it was. It was a, a a point at which one can see that some people may have tuned out of Doctor Who, and season three is an interesting one because it kind of loses, on average, kind of half its viewers as the as the year goes on, mm. um, yeah. and I I would like to lay the blame for that at the celestial toy maker. <laughs> who knows if it ever gets
1: recovered we might have to eat our words and it might end up being the uh the all-time classic that some people think it is
0: well we we could indeed have to eat humble pie but it would be humble pie with a secret key baked into it
1: (laughs) have we got anything positive to say about this i suppose michael goff was really good wasn't he
0: michael goff was brilliant um Jackie Lane's enthusiasm and gusto was very much needed because I think that was the main thing that pulled the viewer through the four episodes mm-hmm. uh, Stephen Taylor was just sort of quite I'd say quite chippy and snarky about the whole thing and Hartnell was, was quite directional was, he was very directional um <laughs> <laughs> directional um Hartnell wasn't even in it um, mm. it, it was it was just a medley of uh, unwatchable things. So I am very pleased. <laughs> no, I am honoured and delighted to award the Celestial Toy Maker last place in our season retrospective.
1: Yes, I'm very sorry, Celestial Toy Maker. You have earned the wooden spoon this time round. So, next up. In ninth place, so you're going to hazard a guess? Yes, to... in
0: ninth place, I and I, I you know, I'll, I'll show my working here. What I've done is I've looked at the 10 stories of the season and mm-hmm. I've sort of remembered how much I enjoyed them, right? And, and then I've sort of ranked them according to that with no real thought or recall for anyone else's you. opinion. It is all not our about wonderful me. guests, not them. No. Your long-suffering co-host. No, no, none of that. It's all about me. And the story I've got in ninth place, and this is where we may begin to deviate, I've Mm. got the savages. Oh,
1: he's good. It's two for two. You scored it five. Our guest, Matt Barber, gave it four. And I gave it five, so it came out with 4.6 as its uh, average.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I mean, that seems five seems generous. If, if Matt's giving it two, but I mean, I did I did think at the time it was largely terrible. Oh, Matt gave it a four. Oh, sorry, Matt gave it a four, didn't he? Yeah. Um. It, yeah. It. It was. And going back to the point I made about this was a very long series, and one of the stories was in itself as long as three stories. You think this this season could have cut a little bit of dead wood mm. and already we've identified eight very dead wood episodes that could very easily have not been filmed
1: yeah i thought you were coming out with uh, a rather rude way of saying it was uh, the episode where steven finally leaves i thought that was uh <laughs> cut, cutting out the dead wood very rude
0: <laughs> that would have been very very rude and and uh, i don't i don't want to be rude to peter purvis um rude rude purvis i don't you know i, I think I this want...
1: one suffers just because we can't see it and i think there's the makings of a good story so i thought that frederick yeager his performance was really fun and i think that could have really stepped up another level if we were able to see the business that he was bringing to the screen I mean you I know you're a big fan of the uh, some of the names
0: of the, I mean, the characters I mean and I'm like still, and... I'm still chanting Exhaust. i literally I'm I'm <laughs> staggered every time I recall that someone invented a name that preposterous not yeah. since um oh god I can't remember who it was but one of the first I think it was the third eighth doctor novel had an alien called packet and mm. I just thought, oh Christ, no. this is this is
1: weak. Um, yeah. The- Did you know that uh, Ian Stewart Black had had a particularly expensive MOT in the lead up to writing this story, <laughs> but, and uh, he had to pay for a whole new exhaust system on his uh, vehicle, and uh, I think that was obviously playing on his mind at the time.
0: That would uh, that would explain really quite a lot. Um, Including that cut sequence where the Doctor inexplicably walks into a car repair shop and starts beating people with his cane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently
1: the character name went through several iterations before he settled on exhaust, yeah. Oh. Catalytic Converter was an early one, but... Um, <laughs> that suit that changed.
0: Yes, yes, well... Hmm. It was, I don't know, I, the, it probably wasn't as bad in isolation, as it is considered amongst the rest of the stories in, in season three. Um, mm-hmm. It just it had nothing to recommend it. It was treading water and it was one of a number of stories that were very much treading water. And it was yeah. I don't want to I don't want to come over all Nathan Bottomley again, but it, it was just tiresome.
1: Yes. I mean, you, there's no getting away from it. It's not the most exciting of stories not in the the way that we're able to enjoy it at the moment and i use the word enjoy somewhat um
0: i mean i think you were using air quotes there yeah yeah bunny ears yeah,
1: yeah. um yeah so sorry sorry savages fans
0: are there but, any um, savages
1: fans i'm sure there must be mm. actually wasn't positive i would say dodo's really good in this story i think she's got a lot of agency she goes around smashing stuff up and
0: well, good for yeah, her. That's one of her
1: better stories. Good for her. So that's that's my positive to take out of it.
0: Okay, that's a good one. Okay, eighth mm. place. Now
1: then, in eighth place... Um, it's going to get a bit more tricky now.
0: I, yeah, so I've... I, um, I think, I hope... I don't hope, that's the wrong word. I believe it might be the massacre. Oh, unfortunately you're wrong. <gasps> oh, well, we have a schism. Uh, right then. So, so I I I can't imagine then. What is it? What, what story came eighth? So in in eighth place we have the Myth Makers. Oh no way!
1: Yep. So I went very That's, high pitched
0: there, didn't I? Yeah.
1: Sorry. Yeah, I think this is going to annoy a lot of people that seem to listen to our show. They all really rate it, but I don't think we were quite so enamoured. Oh. Uh, so I gave it five. Hmm our guest Phil Cannon from the Who's He podcast gave it 5 mm. and you were somewhat more generous you gave it 7 so that came out with an average of
0: 5.6 mm. mm. oh wow that's really surprised me i think to be fair i'm i'm fond of the story because i'm fond of the myth yeah and my disappointment stems from my my affection for the myth of the, you know, the Trojan War and what have you. Um yeah. It, it possibly wasn't the best realised story. Certainly in terms of the recons I watched, there, there were very few. It's so hard. There's hardly
1: anything to work from, is there? I mean, it's amazing what they did with it. To be fair. I
0: mean, but didn't the model of the horse look fantastic? Ah oh, yeah. Um. You an well, Australian yeah. there. Ah oh, yeah, oh, mate. yeah um so I I am really um upset that myth makers didn't come slightly higher I we should have given it a higher score then well yeah you know I <laughs> I did it was you and it was Phil yeah who, yeah it's all our fault I see I thought it was gonna come in at about sixth, which would have been I think a fairly respectable showing mm. but um but I guess without any actual footage to to watch back then you know yeah. Yeah, um,
1: for me, it falls a bit short of the standard that was set by something like the Romans. I really love the Romans. I, I could watch that any day, but I just the humour didn't work for me in this one. Maybe because I'm not so familiar with the the source material, but um, yeah, it kind of didn't quite hit home for me. Hmm. which probably is one of the reasons why it's lying in eighth place. There, There is a sort of a split that occurs after the next story, and then it's really far more positive from that part in. So don't give up, dear listeners. <laughs> we will. you know, we, we have will. been moaning quite a lot for the first three <laughs> We will start saying stories, nice things
0: any story we now.
1: We will. Yeah. So unless you've got something else that you want to say about the myth makers, apart from, you know, blaming me and Phil, shall we... Have your best guess at what came in in
0: 7th place. So, in 7th, I'm going to kind of circle back to the massacre of (laughs) St Bartholomew's Eve? Yeah, you are um, Uh wrong again, I'm afraid. Oh, my God. I know. So, in that case... I, I can't guess again. Then the whole podcast just becomes me <laughs> guessing <laughs> stories, and the people at home will probably have more flailing idea. around, flailing around like a drunk answer. man in the coach and horses, yeah. circa yeah. nineteen seventy-seven. <laughs> uh, in seventh place was Galaxy Four. Oh, it was Galaxy Four. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that doesn't surprise me too much. That mm, was yeah. That was in seventh on my uh, list. Hmm.
1: So, yes, Andrea, our guest from the Track This Out podcast, she scored it 5.5. I was far more smitten with this one. I gave it 7.5. That's fair. And you gave it a 5, so I ended up with
0: an average of 6. So why were the two of you giving it sort of a, a, an extra half mark when I was, uh, I was just doing... Oh, wow.
1: Whole numbers. It was good enough to merit being better than a seven, but not quite good enough to be an eight. So I gave it seven point five. That's very scientific.
0: So. I can't argue yeah, with that. Yeah. yeah.
1: I really like this one. We've since we recorded our episode on it, they've released the uh, the animated version. I don't know if you've had a chance to see that yet.
0: No, no, um, not at all. I think I've seen some people commenting on it on Twitter, and I understand the animation mm-hmm. was workmanlike. I thought it was okay. Yeah.
1: Maybe my expectations are relatively low, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Good. Did it Did it improve the story? You're getting a much more accessible version of the story, yeah. so yeah. it's something you can just stick on. You get to know the characters. I think it's a, a nice little play on uh, not judging a book by its cover, and obviously one thing it does get over is the um, budget... In terms of the set, so uh, when you have the cliffhanger where the Doctor's desperately trying to get into the real ship, it, that looks a bit more convincing than the uh, hastily constructed gate made out of uh, what looks like to be drinking straws. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I don't know how anyone could ever hope to penetrate such a fearsome defence as that. Yeah. Um, I can't there's a lot to love in this one. He's, I see I can't remember there being a lot to love about it. I can Okay, the Chumblies. Yeah, that's right. The Chumblies were in it. They made so us, cute. they made a, an annoying noise. Yeah, Marga. Marga
1: and her hat. That great soliloquy she does, that's really good. Yeah. And that's a proper season 3 standout moment.
0: And right, is, was this the one where Stephen Taylor gets locked in a airlock?
1: He does. Even though he he's does. a trained wearing astronaut. one of Barbara's um, cardigans. Cardigans, yes.
0: The fool, <laughs> um, and it was it was the last kind of full Vicky story because actually what we didn't yeah. what we didn't mention when we talked about the myth makers was that was mm. that was her final story and that might be why yeah. I, I marked it you know as low as seven was that well I was, that's that's yeah. why I blanked it out I yeah. just I don't like the idea yeah. of her leaving because no. she was so good I th- I I wholly support and agree with you. Mm. Um, so I can remember her having quite a lot of agency in this story. Um and there were some sort of giant monsters that looked, I think, rather unattractive mm. and unappetizing. The rills, yeah. Which is I think you're being very judgmental. Very speciesist. Mm. Yeah, no, you're right, I am. And that's kind of the point of the story, wasn't it? That um yes. the attractive yeah. leggy blondes were all evil <laughs> and the sort of huge bloated walrus like monsters I'm sort of for some reason I've got a mental image of, of Boris and Carrie yeah it's not it's not pleasant is it <laughs>
1: Let's not for much longer hopefully no no
0: not, not mm. indeed for much longer and by the time this is broadcast people might not even remember that um, uh, he was the I forget his name he used to be the Prime Minister um, oh. Johnson someone anyway that's, that's showbiz yes it's a cruel business Okay, we're up to 6th place now. So, and without wanting to sound like a broken record, I'm going to suggest possibly the massacre of St Bartholomew's Eve. Well, you're wrong. It's the war machines.
1: So, we had Dave and Rob from the uh, Doctor Who show on as our guests. Dave gave this one an 8. You gave it 7. Rob gave it seven, and I gave it an eight. So ended up with seven point five as the average.
0: Well, this is pretty encouraging then, because if yeah, if, if we're up to seven point five as an average, and we're sort of at the halfway point of the season, yeah. then yeah, the I remaining mean, must stories must like have been really quite a
1: lot of these stories. Yeah,
0: which is good. Which is kind of what I thought had happened. It's quite reassuring as we go through this to <laughs> discover that my memories are in some ways fairly reliable and accurate um, I am surprised the War Machines fell outside the top half of the season but yeah. But looking at what therefore would have made it into the top half of the season I'm not surprised the War Machines was very good but mm. it wasn't I don't know because it you see i was about to say it wasn't very special or very you know significant but it was a kind of blueprint for yeah. where the show would go and it was uh, as we as we remarked it was kind of reminiscent obviously of you know the unit stories and yeah. a couple of Trouton stories and even in some ways remembrance of the daleks so it was very much a a, a more recognizable type of story um And, yeah, maybe I would have expected it to figure slightly higher for that reason. Yeah.
1: No, I really like this one. You get to see Hartnell in uh, what was then present-day London, hanging around all the groovy night spots and uh,
0: showing off his uh, peacock dress sense. (laughs) Throwing some shapes and and looking out for for cracking birds or whatever they were called. Oh, yes, yeah. I think actually it was cracking typists, but um, <laughs> but you know we all know what they meant. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. Uh, which brings us on to Ben and Polly, the new companions, who were magnificent.
0: And they I f- were. I feel like we waited a very very long time to get some kind of affable, human, relatable, f- you know, kind of friendly faces. In the TARDIS. Mm. Everyone was very sort of tense before Ben and Polly. You know, I, I, it's hard to imagine Stephen relaxing and chilling out and having a laugh. Relaxing! Exactly. <laughs> laugh! <laughs> <laughs> Quiver with indignant rage.
1: Um, I mean, my only real negative is, I think the guys said this as we were reviewing it, the early stuff is really good with Votan doing the mind control, and that's quite eerie and atmospheric. But then, once the war machines kind of trundle onto the screen, it's perhaps slightly lacking in that respect.
0: You're right. It's a, it's, it's very much a game of two halves, isn't it? It's mm. the the story of mind control that was inspired by the the idea of you know a computer communicating through the telephone wires, which mm-hmm. you know that was that was foresight for you. Um, yeah. And then yeah, it, it does become this kind of cringy runaround with these oversized washing machines with pathetic rubber arms with building bricks (laughs) on the end of them. I mean, yeah, it was... It started off so well. Had it continued along the original lines of being about, you know, uh, evil computers taking people over with mind control, I think it would have been a very kind of Avengers kind of story. And I, I say this as someone who's literally watched 10 minutes of one episode of The Avengers. Um I've seen a bit more than yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're definitely. Get off the, yeah, of the two of us, you're,
1: you're the expert, really. Well, I mean... Of the I'm two sure of I us. I want to say that, but yeah. 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 About most things. Uh, the bar is set very low that's, in that yeah, respect. That's, that's, but, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 Mm. I thought it was really well directed. I think Michael Ferguson was the director on this one. And he does a great job with the, uh, particularly the the stuff they filmed on location. Which yeah. is uh, sort of hero pose moment doesn't absolutely.
0: He? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say that much like the trajectory of the story, the the direction kind of in the first couple of episodes was really, um, I don't I don't use the word vibrant, but I will. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really engaging and, and fresh and different and energetic. And then, as the story kind of collapsed into this tedious, predictable plot <laughs> to, with a silly robot, the directing. I guess because of what he was having to point the camera at it just suddenly slowed down and became much more yeah pedestrian but poor old dodo that was that what remains astonishing that you know mm. and let's be honest probably everyone listening to this podcast uh, will have seen these stories years ago and this won't come yeah. as any kind of news to them and they'll probably be tearing their hair out, that I'm still wanging on about it. But (laughs) I feel that was an absolutely extraordinary piece of, I suppose, management by the BBC. Mm. Or lack of. Yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you, as... You know, it's a kids' programme. There is a responsibility to the children watching the show that they should feel kind of safe watching the show. Mm -hmm. And if their friends just disappear halfway through a story... That, you know, that feels like an error. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll I'll cope.
1: (laughs) Okay, we're at the halfway stage in
0: fifth place. (sighs) Well, and I say this purely because I refuse to believe it came any higher, but in fifth place, are we looking at... The Massacre of St Bartholomew's Eve.
1: I think you might want to potentially change your uh, your guess for the next one, because, no, it's the Gunfighters. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Well. So, we had Ross Aitken from Gallifrey's Most Wanted on as our guess for that one, and he scored it a six. You gave it a nine, and I gave it a nine, so that ended up as eight as the average. Wow. Yeah. That's so we loved it. Yeah. Ross didn't mind it, but wasn't quite as bowled over as we were.
0: Well, presumably Ross has maybe watched it rather more often than perhaps both of us have, so and he probably has more of a right to be offended by the um
1: the attempts at American accents.
0: Yeah, they were they were pretty bad.
1: Well, I mean, they didn't. I didn't really pick out any that were particularly bad. Maybe I'm a bit tone deaf when it comes to that,
0: but it's fair enough, though. I mean, if I'm thinking about um, representation of English people in something like the X Files, I I bump yeah. on bad performances, and I will mark a story down quite heavily mm. based on, yeah. you know, the the Dick Van Dyke accent on offer. So you can understand the the opposite of that, and and how. Mm-hmm perhaps offensive this story (laughs) is to our American cousins I thought this had everything really it had
1: the humour it's quite an exciting story the direction was really good direction direction. (laughs) Uh, I thought Dodo was really good in this story Steven's not too bad either Um, the guest cast were brilliant
0: I thought And I'm not going to disagree with a single word you said. I think it was Mm. amazing. And you know what? I loved the song as well. I wouldn't want to see it done often, but I think (laughs) as a one-off different approach to moving the story along, I thought it was inspired.
1: And as has been said ad infinitum, uh, if you were watching in the 60s, you'd be watching it once a week, so it wouldn't perhaps drill its way into your ear quite as much as it does for us if we just binge it all in one go.
0: Well, I, you know, I've, I have I do binge them all in one go and mm-hmm. I remember the song fondly and vaguely, whereas I'm still walking into a room frowning for no reason and then muttering, exhaust! You know, <laughs> several months later. So, um, mm. you know, I, I think the song was brilliant. I think it yeah. was a great thing to do on a kids' show that that you know it's finally in a setting that has a a, a recognizable representational aesthetic and you yeah. you can do that kind of thing you can you can do that kind of plinky plonky piano I think when you consider it, it's all done in studio I think it looks really good amazing I mean the the bar you know just to mm. just just to praise the carpenter on the set but that <laughs> was a great job that looked entirely convincing um yeah. You know, there was space outdoors for the for the fight sequences. Um mm-hmm. there were you know, a couple of a couple of different hotel rooms. Um It looked entirely sumptuous for the time and the budget involved. Yeah, it was a, a
1: firm favourite. Yeah. Okay, well moving on then to number four.
0: <sighs> I mean it could be bleeding anything, couldn't it, at this point.
1: Um <laughs> Uh, yeah. I'll I'll give you a clue. Um, So the story that came in fourth place Mm. made into fourth by 0.1 of a point above the gunfighters.
0: Good grief. And
1: is sitting just 0.2 below the story that came in third place. So the fourth place story is on 8.1 and the third place story is on 8.3.
0: So I'm going to... I'm, I'm going I'm, to, so looking, looking at the vegetables I can see in the kitchen, is the next story the brassica of St Martholomew's Eve? <sighs> <laughs>
1: it's the Ark! No way! I've gone, I've gone
0: very shrill again. I do apologise yeah. to anyone yeah. who I've just deafened. Or, Any sensitive dogs that are listening? Yeah, uh, well, I've probably woken people up. People probably yeah. nodded off halfway through what we were <laughs> saying about Galaxy 4. <laughs> and suddenly they're now sitting bolt upright in bed.
1: Yes, yeah. so for the ARC, we had two guests. We had Lindsay from Trek This Out. She gave it 7.5. We had Minnie McKenzie. And she gave it 7. You gave it a 10. Right, It's a big favourite for you. And I gave it an 8. So it came out with 8.1 as the average. Yeah.
0: I like this one. It's good. uh, Yeah. I mean, everyone obviously enjoyed it. But, uh, but, Mm. you know, within certain gradations of enjoyment, I thought it was stunning because of a couple of factors. I mean, I, I, I think it looked really good. Mm. yeah direction was superb. Direction was superb. The sets were amazing. They Yeah, the jungle was very. The jungle believe. was good. They got an elephant. Yeah. Um there was a giant statue. Mm-hmm. Um then there was the um the the little kind of space rocket thing that took them down to the planet and yeah. even that which you know was kind of an afterthought. Once you've once you've bothered doing an elephant in the studio and <laughs> you've bothered having that huge statue. You think well we'll just use any old thing as a rocket. But there was even invention in the in, in that, oh, yeah. in the way the doors moved and, mm-hmm. and so on. Um you know in every episode there was something really arresting. Um the story is also unique.
1: Yeah. Just in in terms of the plot mechanic and actually using time travel as part of the plot as a as opposed to a means to an end to just dropping the characters into the story
0: yeah and and just having that kind of midpoint where you thought the story was done and then it it goes off yeah. on a different tangent again really new really exciting and really good and i'm i'm that's a g- clever thing
1: because ah. at this stage you it's a a running serial so although they have sort of um separate titles for us as fans when you're watching back in the day you're just seeing The title card for whatever episode happens to be playing that week so as far as you know that's it they've finished the story and they're off on their next adventure
0: yeah yeah
1: it's um so coming back in
0: week three and then finding they're back again it must be quite the shock. absolutely i think this was in terms of in terms of that kind of storytelling um i want to say bravery but you know just that willingness to try something new and complex for a kids show and different. I really thought this story would, you know, break the top three. Mm. Um, I thought Hartnell was superb in this one. I don't remember him being particularly bad in this one. That may or may not be pretty much the same thing. No, I think he's really good.
1: I think he owned it. I think, I can't remember any fluffs. That's
0: right. There was, I think it was this story where we commented at the time that we couldn't really pick out any sort of mistakes or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, or errors. Maybe he'd just come back from a holiday and he was feeling slightly more chipper. Um, But yeah, there were, uh, his performances throughout season three did kind of, wobble a little sometimes he was in full command of his material and at other times i would say he had a, a more sort of thumbnail mm. sketch idea of what was going mm. on mm. Um, but no i thought the arc was uh, re- and for me as again it, i think it was dodo's finest hour mm-hmm. um you know this and the and the gunfighters so um, yeah two very strong stories for her um, and the only thing, there is that sort of faintly creepy moment where Stephen sort of clutches her and holds yeah. her for an uncomfortably long yeah. amount of time while she's trying not to sneeze and he's just having a bit of a, you know, grope. Mm. Um, but, uh, but no. The other
1: thing with this one, which is, sounds weird to say it, but it's quite a sci-fi story. There's a lot of Doctor Who has, is more of a sort of fantasy
0: you know element. that's that's a really a good sci-fi point story. because when I when you look at the the stories in this season, you've got a very clear split in you know the uh, Daleks' master plan. You're going all around the universe, planets, mm-hmm. rockets, spaceships, whatever. The rest of the time, it feels like you're in a crypt or all the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this one to be set on board a spaceship and for them to shuttle down to alien worlds. Yeah, it was very much more at that sci-fi end of things. Mm-hmm. Um, after what feels like a kind of middle chunk of the year where you're just going from, you know, some some fairly uninspiring backdrops to some other ones. Mm. No, I really enjoyed it. It was a, a good story.
1: Um, OK. What's, what's your guess going to be for third
0: place? Well, by this point, I'm assuming the... Bloody massacre as one somehow. So for third place I'm gonna guess uh mission to the unknown. It's the massacre. Hooray! <laughs> Hooray I don't know how this came in the top three.
1: Yes, we were joined by Brendan from Flight Through Oh, Alright, yeah, on.
0: no, now I do remember how it came in the top yeah, three. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Brendan gave it a ten. Yep. He obviously enjoyed himself a lot. When he came onto the show, I think um, yeah he had some special treatment, and I think that just you know perked him up a bit. So yeah, he gave it ten. You gave it eight. Okay. And I gave it a seven. Now. So it came out at
0: eight point three. I so so looking at that number, I wonder how much of my score was down to Brendan's kind of enthusiastic advocacy for the story. I think he definitely talked me around. Yeah, I think he's a very persuasive young man. Mm. Um, Because 8, looking back at it now, feels like a very high score for what is a very missing story. Yeah. And... Yeah, it's um, quite... I
1: mean, it, it says a lot about the quality of the story that it's made its way into the top three
0: when there is no existing footage to watch. It's you say that but i can't even remember anything about the story there was just a lot of people walking around (laughs) stone buildings in in paris plotting um this is the one i think where i watched a couple of like two episodes were straightforward recons and then a couple of episodes with this kind of weird cgi thing that someone had done for reasons of their own um, and you decided afterwards that probably wasn't the best idea yeah so mm. so it might be that i need to watch all of this in in pure recon format just to blimey you'd be giving it a 10 if you do that well i mean that's yeah life's life's possibly too short for that i don't know um you do like to chuck out a 10. do well you? i've i've walked There's a couple a out just season. to sort keep everyone on their toes really yeah. Um but um but yeah but you so so you were the 7 and I was the 8. Yeah. So you
1: were I mean that that was still up on my cuz I think I would seen or not seen. I'd experienced the recon a few years back and I thought it was okay but it wasn't it didn't sort of rock my world. But watching it again and then hearing you guys talking about it and yeah it just really raised it for me.
0: Hmm. Well, would would it be a if you were if you would say you were going to a desert island and you could mm. take I don't know five Hartnell stories with you? Would this be the one you'd be taking as the kind of hidden gem? Possibly, yeah. possibly. Yeah.
1: Just because, as you've already pointed out, the the Hartnell era is this kind of outlier. Compared to everything else, the straight historicals are one of the things that makes it so different. One of the many things. Yeah. So yeah,
0: I think it could could definitely make its way in there. Hmm. Well, then, then yeah. I mean, I I can't remember now. I'm sure I've listened to other podcasts do their season retrospectives, and I, I does mm-hmm. this story normally rate highly for people, or is it more more normally one of the the seasons kind of lower? Scoring stories? I don't know. No.
1: It's been a very long time since I listened to the early Flight Through Entireties, so I know Brendan enjoyed it when he recorded their episode on it, but I can't remember what the others made of it. I don't think Nathan liked it. Yeah, I got that impression too. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I think Sucky from uh, Around the Console, he liked
0: it. Right, right. So yeah, I think it's got its fans. It's quite exciting to be talking about a story because obviously so many of them are you know everyone knows what the twin mm. dilemma is like, everyone has an opinion about the Toy Maker. everyone mm. has an opinion on Darks Must Plan, Unearthly Child um mm-hmm. Brain of Morbius you know there are stories that are very much known quantities but with yeah. things like The Massacre you've got some people love it, some people hate it but there's no kind of prevailing fan wisdom or if there is it's passed me by because i've you know got other things to worry about
1: so it's i think they sometimes get overlooked as well yeah it's completely missing there's quite a few savages and another one i think doesn't get mentioned very often
0: well i think that's entirely fair enough because it's dreadful well yeah yeah you could say that's why i just did (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so we've got two stories left we have now i've got a i've got a, a memo here from a lady called Sue Gray Who says that oh, right. the Daleks Master plan will not be allowed to fail So um, <laughs> In terms of Operation Save Big Dog I'm guessing that the story That came in second was Mission to the Unknown You are correct I thought I might be
1: Yes. Yeah. So uh, I gave it 7.5 uh, Deb Our lovely guest Deb Green she gave it 8 mm-hmm. And you gave it 10 Oh, so look at me with Yeah, chucking them out left, right,
0: and centre. That's what I've, give, I've, I've given out at least three in my haste. You know how many tens
1: I've given out?
0: Whoa, one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're you're a hard man. You're a purist, and mm. you know you're much less fickle than I am. Mm. I. So it's interesting that I've you know I've struggled to keep my uh, keep it up somewhat. Watching this series, well, you get to a certain age. I don't mean, you, yeah, things you know. are not the same. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, you feel kind of out of the loop. Um, mm. But enough about that. Um, I've, in fact, I've entirely lost the thread now. I, I won't be able to. Huh. Um for a season I've struggled with, there have been at least mm. three stories that I've given ten out of tens to. So yeah, so that's not bad, is that's, it? Really, that, that's very. Revealing in itself. Mission to the Unknown. The standalone one episode story doesn't feature the Doctor or the TARDIS team. Mm. We voted it the second best story of the year. I think what really
1: helps elevate this one is the remake by U Clan. Yes. We're going to get it right this time, Ian, because we did have some feedback from the lovely people involved. And understandably, they'd like the correct university to be acknowledged when we talk about it, so yes.
0: Absolutely. So that's the University of Central Lancaster or something? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Hang on a (laughs) minute.
1: Don't do that to me, Nana. We've got it right. Oh, it's the, something, yeah. Is it? Uh, Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's the University University of Central Lancashire. I'm going to write that down. I probably won't yeah. ever need to use it again. Um, who knows maybe
0: maybe it'll get discovered and you'll, we'll cover it again. Maybe they'll animate another missing story, not animate, but you know what I mean? make a yeah, make a, a real real version, a remake. Um, I think this is fascinating. I think it's purely the um the fact that it exists in that remade form, which you mm-hmm. know is very sharp and very fresh. Because this story really shouldn't be coming in in second place when it's only one episode long and the Doctor isn't in it. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. every other story is at least you know two or four or whatever episodes long, and there's a lot of money thrown at it and there's a lot of mm-hmm. writing and uh, and this this is just a one-parter. But I think there's a novelty to the fact that the
1: main cast aren't in it, so that does tend to make it stand out from the rest um, and it just rouses along at such a good pace because you're you're kind of limited to that 25 minute runtime so you've really got to pack a lot of story in, and i think they do it very very well
0: i'm wondering if i mean i suppose it it, it exists as a obviously as the kind of prelude to dalek's master plan but i mm, wonder if yeah. on the back of it or on the back of its success, there was ever a, a thought about maybe in future series of Doctor Who we can do rather more that don't necessarily involve the Doctor or or as heavily. Mm-hmm. And you know, we would have we would have had a lot more Doctor Light episodes in yeah. as early as the Troughton era if mm-hmm. if that had happened. I don't know. Um, but for all that, obviously they. Um, they introduced a lot of the concepts that that shaped Dalek's Master Plan and made that such a success. I'm thinking mainly of the Viagra plants and uh, the <laughs> the Space Security Service. I want to say that's it. Yeah. Space Security Service. It's not galactic. They've not specified a particular part no. of space or no. a time I'm... period. Just space. Just all of space. Yeah. That's that's hubristic, I think but you know who am I to criticise um, I love this story and um, I'm I'm very pleased for it that it's come second hello my, my cat Harvey's just jumped on the desk so hey Harvey he's um, he's giving his a, he's a big fan as well he is a big yeah. fan um, yeah the uh, the toy maker came came last yeah I thought that would make it he's smiling now <laughs> so Mark what could possibly have emerged the top of our our poll. Well, this will come as a surprise Mm. to
1: absolutely Mm. no-one if you've listened to any of the episodes we've done on Season 3 because it's the Dalek's
0: Master Plan. The Dalek's Master Plan, you say. Now, what sort of thing Mm. is that?
1: Well, it's a massive 12-part epic. Space opera, a go-go. So our guest, we had it was so big, a story, we had to do two episodes on it. So our guest for both those episodes was the fantastic Ben Schneider. What a legend he, he is. He is, isn't he? He's lovely. He's a really lovely man. Mm. Uh, he gave it 11 out of 10. So I don't know, that's kind of cheating a bit.
0: I, now, I will allow now, it because it's such a good on. story. I'm going to... Come down like a ton of bricks on you there. So the reason the Daleks' master plan won is because of illegal votes being cast.
1: Not necessarily, because I gave it ten.
0: Okay, so we've got ten,
1: and you gave it X.
0: I did, didn't I?
1: Yeah, which in Roman numerals is ten. So I've counted that as ten. Sure.
0: So let's 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 do a thought experiment, Mark. Let's say Mm. that that eleven was discounted. And right. and the most Ben Schneider could award the story was ten. Yeah. That would give us three wins. Divide that by three is a score of ten. ten. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, carry on.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what haven't we said about this story already? It's just a massive sprawling epic. It has no right to keep you enthralled for twelve weeks but it just does. It just rattles along. You've got an amazing cast in there. You've got these great um, guest cast Mm -hmm. actors who come in to join the TARDIS team. You've got Nick Courtney. You've got Gene Marsh. And you've got the amazing Kevin Stoney. Yep,
0: yep. Um, You've got... Also, I think you've got the kind of now am i remembering this right the first six episodes were written by terry nation very much yes. as a a bog standard terry nation six-part mm. story and if there's anyone who knows how to churn one of those out and keep it <laughs> keep it tight and keep it rattling along it's terry nation and yeah. then it was i want to say Dennis Dennis Spooner. Spooner. yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. he is giving you kind of two or three episodes in egypt for no reason um Because it's fun. Yeah, well, you know, there's no reason why it wouldn't be there. And there's no better place for it. Um, So it just... Halfway through the story... I I mean, if all 12 had been written by Terry Nation, I think it would have been tiresome. Mm. And I say this as someone who's recently started (laughs) watching Blake Seven. Right. My God. Um, But... Uh, yeah, that kind of halfway change of ownership, did not yeah. you didn't really feel a change in story terms because Spooner was very careful to kind of keep the same plate spinning that Terry Nation yeah. had done. But yeah, that, that kind of widening of the scope and the parameters of the story and the locations it visited... Um, bringing, yeah. bringing back the monk for a couple of episodes is a yeah, fantastic way of killing a bit of time without anyone feeling like you were treading water. Um, mm-hmm. Again, very exciting stuff. There was the early doors exit of Katerina, which mm. was, at the time, I imagine, really quite... Yeah, it's really shocking. ...quite traumatic. Um, yeah. And it built to that kind of devastating climax that, again... Ah, uh, it's just dark as all hell. It really it? was. It, f- It could have have been the end of the series and it would have been a a fantastic end for Doctor Who if they'd never made another episode after the final part of Master Plan. It was so unprecedentedly big and climactic and dramatic and and macabre and, you know, really chilling when you've got the... You know, what happened to Sarah Kingdom growing old like that and then Hartnell sort of screaming at Stephen. Um, It was... He's great in this. It was edge-of-the-seat stuff, wasn't it?
1: Mm, mm, Yeah. I think if anyone was contemplating checking out some of the missing episodes, it's quite a big-time investment, but I think it's well worth it.
0: Well, I think so. I I think it's... um probably and I say this as someone who's got as far as I have so end of end of the third series now it's the most important story I think for um f- that isn't around you know it's it's yeah. it's the the biggest beast to um to revisit and I wouldn't muck about with things like the savages or the celestial toy maker if you've possibly <laughs> Got the opportunity to invest that time, then invest it wisely, in uh, possibly the greatest Hartnell story ever made. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, I can't say that the
1: audio is great. Yeah, the audio um, is great. The
0: novels were pretty decent. Yep. Uh, I seem to remember. Yep. they, they. I mean, I. It's. Uh, I think I said at the time. I remember reading them when they were published. I would have been about twelve or thirteen then. So I can't. Yeah. I can't really remember them now, but. Mm-hmm. Um, they must have been good because I was I wasn't precious about them if, if a target book bored me I wouldn't finish it and those yeah. I absolutely raced through so um mm-hmm. you know every every iteration of the story I think does it proud and um wouldn't this have been a a great film if there'd been a third peter Cushing doctor oh. Who movie yeah
1: yeah ah oh. I think it's a season this is It's got to be up there with my favourite 1960s season, whether that opinion will change as we start to move into the next couple, I don't know, but I just, I enjoy so much about it, it's just so different from what I grew up watching, that sort of tail end of the 70s and the early 80s, and it's just... I just feel like I get something fresh from it every time I watch it
0: I, I certainly am beginning to feel like I've been faintly shortchanged by by the <laughs> accident of when I was born in that yes if you grew up watching the Eric Saywood era and mm. you had this kind of thing I mean even even in terms of watching the next couple of series of doctor who obviously we're about to have a change in actor and we're going to be in the the Patrick Troughton era and that is mm. typified by base under siege stories and kind of um fairly similar similarly plotted runarounds and and monster of the week stories whereas this Hartnell era has been such a broad spectrum of different kinds of story different different ways of storytelling different genres different um Kind of aimed at different age groups. It's it's been a a show really thundering along with no idea what it's doing, no idea who it's doing it for. I mean, behind the scenes stuff that's going on is just yep, absolutely banana pants, crazy, isn't it? And it's chaos.
1: Um, And it's amazing (laughs) that it comes out as good as it does.
0: Really, I mean, it's it's magical. I love it. Yeah, I mean, as much as I've I've said this is an inconsistent season of, of kind of exciting space stories and slow plodding meanders through desert wildernesses the mm. the actual quality of what's broadcast with the exception of the toy maker doesn't really vary too much and for that to be the case when behind the scenes everything's um, you know hostile and argumentative and people aren't talking to other people and mm. uh, it's 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 just a remarkable testament to the professionalism of everyone. But yeah. I think probably mainly William Hartnell because yeah. he doesn't he doesn't let it out. We all know he was teed off with certain mm. things that were happening behind the scenes, yeah. certain people that were joining the production side of things. But at no point is the doctor any less than hundred percent engaged, and the, I think it showed how much he cared yeah, about it.
1: There is there are certain, and that's probably why he got so cross. Yeah, it was because he cared about it so much. Yeah,
0: there are certain other doctors who you could see phoning things in from time to mm. time, perhaps when they'd had rather too many libations at lunchtime, or mm. you know, or whatever. And the colony rule. Yes. Uh-huh. aha <laughs> Um. So I think, you know, I'm so grateful that you, you got me on board for this because I wouldn't have watched the Hartnell era and and David Kitchen is right it is a fantastically rich and exciting era of a show that hasn't yet settled down into being what we all fell in love with in the first place um, it's doing kind of slightly more at this point it's capable of more yeah. it's doing more
1: so does that leave you feeling quite excited about season four?
0: Um yes with the kind <laughs> a of caveat, yeah with, with a, the kind of caveat that obviously it's it's all going to change in a number mm. of ways and I I do know going into series 4 that the show um that kind of comes out the other end of that is is going to be a very different thing and I, yeah. I have a dim awareness that maybe I shouldn't invest too much time getting to know Ben and Polly because they may not be <laughs> part of the show for the, for five years mm, um, mm. but yeah I mean it's very exciting because I know there's a lot of my favourite monsters coming up very mm. soon um, you know let's not talk about Troughton just yet but we yeah. all know he's a very yeah. easy figure to watch so mm. um, what so here's the thing, though. I know the show isn't going to be as as varied as it as it is as it has been to this point. I know it's going to settle down, and become yeah. slightly more formulaic. But within that, I think there is a, a certain strength of uh, unity. But I think yeah. the Hartnell era has been amazing, and I'm very mm. much looking forward to it carrying on for a number of stories before yes. things may, who knows, change. Mm. Mm.
1: Well, I would just like to take this opportunity to thank all of our listeners for sticking with us through all of this and uh, being so kind in leaving really nice reviews for us on places like Apple Podcasts and Podchaser and what have you. Um, it's really it feels great to, to see people in, are enjoying it too. And uh, also, thank you so much for all the amazing feedback we get you know, not just from Twitter and Facebook, but also our audio contributors as well. It's just, ah, it's, it makes it all worthwhile.
0: It is, it is great, isn't it? And, it? and it's really fun sort of building that, that prevailing wisdom and sort of mm. seeing everything that i've clumsily reached for kind of <laughs> kind of condensed to a very succinct and well-worded tweet by someone i've not met mm. yet or whatever it's wonderful it's really enjoyable yeah. and we hope that everyone continues to bombard us with yeah. their thoughts and their appreciations for these mm. stories as we carry on
1: and also a huge thank you to all of our guests who've been on and uh, Given us their unique takes on these stories because uh, I think it just helps to keep it fresh. And you know, I'm sure it will just be every episode we'd just be saying the same old things over and over again. But by having this great collection of people coming in and just chatting about it and giving their ideas and thoughts, it just helps to keep us hopefully on our game as well. Keeps
0: us on our toes, keeps us honest.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah marvellous well that's it for this episode we're going to take a little bit of a break and then we'll be back with the smugglers oh Mm. down in Cornwall oh lovely, excellent Mm I'll look forward to that Yeah. Yeah. so until next time I was Mark, I'm afraid I was Ian and we'll be back season 4 very soon,
0: bye Bye. Bye-bye, bye bye, Dagger.
1: <laughs> if you'd like to get in touch, you can email us at mailbagofrassilon at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Time and Space pod, and you can also find us on Facebook. If you want to leave some audio feedback, there is a link in the show notes. You can use your phone or your computer and leave up to 60 seconds of feedback, or if you're listening via the Anchor website, you can click on the message button and leave your audio. We'd love to hear from you. And thank you to Momo Tempo for providing our theme music.